Welcome back to another conversation on the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. I'm Joe Casey. We've just come back from a great trip celebrating the first birthday of our granddaughter, thus concluding our rookie year as grandparents. As we head into our sophomore year, I knew exactly the person I wanted to talk to next about this. And that's Carrie Byrne. She's the founder of The Long Distance Grandparent. Carrie Byrne, PhD, has studied aging and care for 25 years. She is the founder of The Long Distance Grandparent, a mission-driven business helping grandparents build strong bonds with their grandchildren from a distance. From universities to businesses and not-for-profits to policy think tanks, Carrie's approach to any challenge is a solution, focused and strengths-based. That's why she focuses on practical but meaningful ways to build bonds with your grandchildren. And she has a different perspective on this. As a mother to two with grandparents living at a distance, she believes children need their grandparents now more than ever, no matter what the distance in between. You can find her in any given day working hard to make sure grandparents and grandchildren from all over the world are connecting in meaningful and fun ways. Carrie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Joe. I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Same here. As a rookie grandparent coming up on the one-year anniversary, I've been really helped by your website and very interested in the topic. And I'm sure many other listeners are too. And let me start with just some stats. What are some stats about grandparents today that people listening might not know? Well, I think people are surprised by a couple of things. One is really the sheer number of grandparents that we have. So the Economist just published a a great article called The Age of the Grandparent Has Arrived. And they had some fancy demographers look at how many grandparents we have. And worldwide, there are 1.5 billion grandparents. I think the other stat that is very surprising to people is the age at which someone usually becomes a grandparent, because that's 50 for women, a touch older for men, but not much more. And the third one I would say is that around by the time someone is like by the time American, so we'll go to America now. So there are over 70 million grandparents in America alone. And by the time someone you know hits 75, almost 90% of people are a grandparent. So this is a, a huge burgeoning group with quite a long period of time to contribute and be intentional in their grandparenting. And what percentage do you think are long distance grandparents? Well, the data that we have on that is really from from AARP, actually. So they did a grandparenthood study in 2019, and they reported that over 50% of American grandparents are doing this from a distance. And they had, if you're 200 miles or more away from your grandchild as the kind of indicator of that. So and that, that I think, bears out when I talk to other people, it, it potentially could be higher, but that's the best number that we have is over 50% are doing this from a distance. We're in that category. We're at 256 miles, but who's counting? <laughs> but it's a it's a good stat because if you're not a long distance grandparent today, you might be in the future. Well, and this is actually when grandparents often reach out to me is either when they become a long distance grandparent. So when they're in that phase that you're in within the first couple of years and they realize it's going to take a lot more time and effort and or when they become long distance. So the grandchildren have been local and then have made a, are making a move based on someone's job or for whatever reason, or that the grandparent is moving and making a transition in their life. So those are that's really a key time that I hear from people in the long-distance grandparenting world. And in your view, what are some of the pros and cons of being a long-distance grandparent? 
Well, let me start with some of the cons and then I'll finish with some of the pros. <laughs> so we'll, we'll end on a positive note with that. But I mean, definitely the cons are that you have less in-person time together. So I work with grandparents who, I mean, their grandchildren are, are on a different continent. They see them once or twice a year. And so it's really, especially as we get older time, we start to experience it differently, start to think of it differently. And so having less of time together uh, can feel actually quite painful. And that's one of the cons of grandparenting from a distance is that you also have, it's very emotionally complex and people are often very surprised by the amount and depth of sadness and grief that they feel with the long distance relationship. And it's, it's just about reconciling what they thought grandparenting would be like versus now what it's like. And so the emotional piece of it, there can be highs, but some pretty significant lows in the grandparenting journey when you're doing it from a distance. Really, I mean, talking about the pros though, now after having worked with so many grandparents, the in-person visits are also a pro because you'll often stay with the family. You'll be really in the thick of it with the family. And so you get to know them in a way that you may not have ever known them. Uh, had you just had a scenario where they were dropping by on Sunday nights for dinner, as an example, like you were living the, when they wake up, the snuggly four-year-old in the morning, you see the teenage angst <laughs> after school and are able, I think, to understand what the parents are going through in a way that you might not have understood if they were local. Great points. We get to see ours once a month minimum. And in my case, often twice a month because I have clients in my hometown of Boston. So I'm up there and get to see, see her, which is great, but great list of, of pros and cons. So based on your work, what are some of the key do's and don'ts for long distance grandparents? Well, I bet you're doing a lot of the do's, Joe, because it's really about, it's using all of the modes of communication that are available to you now. And you know, communicating with our families from a distance is actually quite new relatively. <laughs> I mean, just communicating with long distance families is, is new. But the things that are available to us, I think I didn't grow up talking to my grandparents on Skype, as an example, or playing with my grandparents on a video chat. But we have that available to us now. I think millennial parents didn't even grow up in that scenario. And so there's oftentimes a lot of education that has to happen. The education is a strong word for it. But just realizing that you actually can play together on a video chat and to do that whenever you can to have that touch point with them. And then of course, the snail mail, like the mailbox is really your powerhouse as a long distance grandparent, even now. So your granddaughter is about to be one and the delight of finding something in the mailbox that is put like bumpy stickers on it, make it look interesting, send mail every month, you know, in a red envelope so that she knows that the red envelope is from grandma and grandpa. Uh, she'll start to really associate that. So creating this, these kind of rituals, but really our connection habits. And so I think, yeah, get into that mailbox whenever you can, because you're probably the only person that's sending mail. Let's face it. It's a kind of a vintage thing to do almost, aside from realtors and bills, <laughs> that grandparents are the ones who are making the mailbox a really special place. Great idea. Hadn't thought of that, but I could see the connection ritual part of it really important. We're very big on FaceTime and we take advantage of as many FaceTime visits as we can each week. We'd like several times a day, but we usually probably average about three or four during the week, which is great. I think being able to 
have the FaceTime in between visits is really important. We know from the research that like having video chats with even really young children, that they get to know you, they get to know your voice. And it's just such an important thing to do. And also because then you're able to know what they're into. You can see what books they're reading. They're kind of always wanting to be a bit of a grand detective on a video chat. I would say you asked me also about some of the don'ts. And the number one is just not to give up because I think this is a long-term relationship and something that works one week may not work the next week. You may have planned this very fun video chat for your eight-year-old grandson and he actually just wants to go and play Minecraft or not do something, but just you really can't give up. And I think sticking to it is really important and be willing to try new things and be silly and playful. Play really builds trust. That's how we build relationships with with grandchildren of all ages. So whether they are two or 22, don't be afraid to do something that's just a little bit silly to surprise and delight them in that connection. Send them a funny face selfie. When 22-year-old grandchild will think that's really goofy, a teenage grandchild might roll their eyes at that, but that's a connection point. And that's how we connect with people. Like really all of our relationships are very much based in play. So you've created a mission-driven business, the long-distance grandparent. Tell us about the mission and how does it work? When I started the long-distance grandparent, I really saw the mission to be strengthening relationships between grandparents and grandchildren. And so I've been actually a research scientist in the area of aging and care for almost 25 years now. And so I knew the research about it and that the impact of this relationship is pretty significant. And you just scratch the surface of what's going on. Stronger relationships lead to grandchildren who are less depressed, who report higher scores of well-being, higher pro-social behaviors, so kindness and generosity, and less ageist. As well. So, there's studies that have looked at when very young children uh, have a high quality positive relationship with the grandparent, that they are less likely to have negative views of aging. So, I started with that. How can I strengthen these relationships? How can I help grandparents to have positive relationships and help support them through some of the emotional pieces of grandparenting from a distance? And I do that through something called the Long Distance Grandparent Society. And that's an online membership program for grandparents with grandchildren ages 2 to 10. Although we have grandparents in the membership who have grandchildren who are younger, who are older, and then also some who are local, but they love the idea so much because it's everything that I share is very much based on research. But probably in the last few months, I've shifted a little bit. I'll always continue to focus on strengthening this relationship, but I think the the why behind it has changed a little bit and that I really want to be part of amplifying the importance of this relationship. I feel that sometimes as a society, we think this is a nice to have. And we see these viral moments of grandparent or grandchild running into a grandparent's arms. And we actually underestimate how much effort underlies that hug that's happened, that visit that has happened. There's a grandparent, probably a parent, who prioritized the relationship. And I'm looking at more ways to encourage grandparents to emotionally invest in their grandchildren. And so this is why I was excited to have the conversation today, because we know that when people retire, that it's actually about when you ask them about leaving legacy, it's not about real estate or money. It's actually about life lessons, values and memories together. 
I believe there's a huge amount of emotional capital available in this relationship between grandparents and grandchildren. And I think that broadly speaking, in a world where mental health issues appear to be off the chart for children, there's just a lot of issues. Grandparents, I think, are really a secret weapon (laughs) and that we need to prioritize. It's not a nice to have. It's an essential relationship uh, for grandparents and grandchildren to have. And so that's where I sit in this mission at the moment is finding opportunities to let grandparents know how important they are, to let parents know how important the relationship is. And what are some of the key obstacles that people need to overcome to develop those emotional connections that you're talking about? Well, I think it's really shifting a mindset a little bit because I believe that there are times when you think, well, example, you can't play Barbies on a video chat with a child. Well, yeah, you can. You can play Barbies. You can make Play-Doh creatures. You can do Lego together. So I think it's just thinking about how can you work on the relationship when you're not in the relationship? So planning for those connection moments when you're at a distance. So having, uh, I'll say Skype. And I always use Skype because my dad was a pioneer in using Skype. Like when he first told me that you could talk to our relatives in Ireland on Skype for free, I didn't believe him. (laughs) But anyways, it could be anything, right? It's FaceTime, WhatsApp, whatever the video calling feature is that you use. But you want to make sure that you have something kind of there for when they call, like whether it's silly glasses, a funny hat, pop a sticker on your nose for younger ones, for older grandchildren. You want to take a look at what they're into and interested in. So if they like Minecraft, then just Google Minecraft 101. Like you want to be able... So I think it's a a mindset of that just through being together that you nurture this relationship. When I think from a distance, it's harder. You have to stay on top of what they're interested in. And certainly the research plays this out in that the biggest challenge that grandparents and parents say is that the grandparents don't know what the children are into or what they're interested in. When we have Google as our friend, you can Google like eight-year-old conversation starters and you're off to the races with some interesting questions. So yeah, it's just this shift that has to happen. And I think knowing that it's possible. So I, grandparents come to me oftentimes we're in this deep place of grief because they feel like they can't have this relationship. And then when we work together and they see that they can, it's about realizing the possibilities of it. That's a great point, planning for those connection moments. And I'm picking up that from you, silly is important. Being able to bring to the table enough silliness and fun can be quite helpful. Yeah. And I think that like really what I try to do when I work with grandparents is let's figure out what is your brand of grandparenting. So if you really thought about it, you probably had a brand of parenting, like you were a certain type of parent and you drew on strengths that you have as a person in your parenting. So maybe that's that you were really athletic. And so you took your children hiking all the time. And I think it's very similar as a grandparent. So if you're not a silly person, you think about, well, is there something kind of fun that I could do? And again, that's why I say If you don't want to show up on a video call with something funny on your head that feels uncomfortable for you, could you take a selfie and send that to them? Print it out. Just print it out on your computer. Send that. Tell them that you're thinking about them. So yeah, silliness play, but also just thinking about what what kids like right now and what they're into and what your strengths are and playing to your own strengths and then playing to what they're interested in and finding that sweet spot in between. Makes sense. So what advice would you offer long-distance grandparents who are listening? Well, so I think it was Richard Carlson wrote the book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. That was like all the rage. And I actually tell grandparents the opposite. I say to sweat the small stuff because 
you want to be listening for what they're into. So we very we all have this person in our life who remembered. So I have an aunt who always remembered that I didn't like pumpkin pie. And she always had a sugar pie at Thanksgiving for me. And I just felt like this extra love that she remembered that. And so if they mention a friend in passing that they're going to a movie with or someone on their soccer team, you want to remember who that friend is because it's much more powerful to be able, be able to say, you know, did you see Leo at soccer practice as opposed to, did you see any of your friends at soccer practice? So I think sweating the small stuff and remembering the details, I encourage grandparents to always have this little grandchild cheat sheet because sometimes you don't, you won't remember that the child's name was Leo, like the friend's name. So just write it down. When you go for this in-person visit, I mentioned this before, but you really are a grand detective. And then I think the second thing that I would say, Joe, is really that grandparents are the GEOs of their family. And this is a grand encouragement officer. And so the role of a grandparent is really in this, again, we see this in the research that grandchildren who report emotionally close relationships to their grandparents also report high levels of affectionate communication. So the researchers call it affectionate communication. I call it a word hug or being a GEO. So letting your grandchildren know that you love them, you miss them, you're proud of them, that they are special to you and that you enjoy spending time with them. Those are the key things to remember to always say. And so just having a little chat with yourself on the way to go see your grandchildren and just to remember to tell them that you're proud of your granddaughter for because she learned to walk. What what an extraordinary thing to do (laughs) and that you're just so proud of that achievement. But you can imagine that this applies to someone who's 19 going off to college, like, wow, you're almost through your first year of college. And like, that was such a big thing to do to move away from home. And grandparents can really be the encouragers. And so the GEOs of the family. That is such a great idea. Great acronym, GEO. Reminds me of something that I came across, company I worked for, we had a bunch of training events. And one of them, Ken Blanchard, who wrote the one minute manager, his wife, Marjorie Blanchard, came in to speak. And she talked about something they had learned with their grandchildren called the zoo mentality. When they were going to the zoo, they saw other parents rush to the zoo, you know, harried. They said, we have to get in the mindset to make it a great experience. And I tried to always remember that. But I like this GEO mentality. Really make sure you're preparing for those interactions, those moments, those connection moments. Yeah, because especially when it's the, the kind of, when you're there, there's so much happening. When you've got young families, teenagers coming in and out, so much is going on that it's just about reminding yourself to just take aside maybe a grandchild who is struggling right now or not could be anyone but just having that moment where you let them know that you're in their corner that you're always there for them that you love them and that is really the core mission now as I see it for the long distance grandparent is to spread grand love and it sounds cheesier than I am as a person (laughs) but it's really the truth (laughs) absolutely I could certainly had grandparents who were key in my life key influences and you can see to your point, how important it is. And I appreciate the work you're doing to help people appreciate that more and amplify that even further. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Carrie. Time for a couple of ideas that you could put into action following this conversation with Carrie Byrne today. Here's what I noted. Number one, know your role. Part of that is knowing that, of course, you're not the parent, but I like her concept of the GEO, Grand Encouragement Officer. And I think that's a really important way to think about your role as a grandparent. Number two, appreciate your impact. 
It's important to keep in mind the outsized impact a grandparent can have. I had one of my four grandparents that had a huge impact on my life. So keep that in mind as you're interacting with your grandchildren. Know the impact you could have. Number three, don't underestimate the power of preparation. Grandparents sounds like one of those things. How hard can it be? You just show up. But I think in listening to Carrie too, there's things we can do to prepare for our interactions a little bit. Put a little bit more thought into them. Look at something and don't forget that you want to make it fun. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. You can find all of our episodes at our website, retirementwisdom.com. My mission is to help you retire smarter by looking at the aspects of life that sometimes people take for granted in planning for retirement.